everyone, and welcome to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me, as always, is Jesse. Oh, hello. And Caitlin. Hi. And today, we are talking about Season 4, Episode 19 of One Tree Hill, titled Ashes of Dreams You Let Die, which, fun fact, is a song by B.J. Thomas. Coolio. Whomst? Whomst is this? Whomst? Yes, I've heard of B.J. Thomas, but neither here nor there. Moving on. We open... Where we left off last week, which was Dan and Karen smooching in Lucas's room, Lucas coming in the door, and Lucas rushes Dan and punches the shit out of him. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Yes. Uh, Karen yeah. immediately apologizes for kissing Dan, but Lucas screams out that Dan killed Keith. And Dan I do, leaves. <laughs> I do like that Karen's like, oh my God, Dan, I'm so sorry. It's Lucas. I'm sorry. I know. It's right? bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep. And so Dan leaves and Karen immediately yells at Lucas for saying that because she knows that Jimmy killed Keith. Dan did not kill Keith. Okay, Karen. Okay, Karen. Okay, Karen. Right. Then Nathan and Haley are out um, out at the, the docks and everyone is looking at Nathan like he murdered someone like his daddy did. Not that anyone knows that. Right, yet, but... Yet. Hmm, hmm. <laughs> Haley assures him that it will all blow over soon. And Nathan asks how her valedictorian speech is going. And she says it's going slow, but she's working on it. And um, she asks him, you know, with everything, if he could talk to Whitey, since Whitey's always been there for Nathan, no matter what. And we then immediately cut to Whitey, who is packing up his office and ignores his phone ringing as he leaves his office. Oh, poor. He is officially retired. He's officially gone. I mean, I'm assuming not gone from the TV show, but no longer Coach Durham. He's no longer Coach Durham of the Tree Hill Ravens. Yes. 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 Then Brooke uh, joins Peyton at school and they talk about how this is the last Wednesday of high school and maybe they should figure out their futures. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. Okay. Um, and that also, and the fact that it's yearbook day, that everyone got their yearbook today. Yay. And they Yay. look and they make fun of Brooke's goal that she has in the yearbook that someone at the Oscars uh, will tell Joan Rivers that they're wearing Brooke Davis. And Peyton gives her a hard time. She was like, it's either Joan Rivers or Ryan Seacrest. And they were like, good choice. Valid. And still, and still, even today in 2022, valid choice to pick Joan Rivers over Ryan Seacrest. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And um, they Brooke also then makes jokes at Peyton's expense because Peyton's goal was left blank because she didn't submit one into the yearbook. And Brooke asks her what she's going to do after high school. And Peyton tells her that she just found out um, she got an internship at a record label in L.A. She applied for it a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago before her and Lucas were together. And Brooke thinks this is a great idea because then they can spend the summer together in L.A. with her parents and have the best summer ever before they go to their internship. And Brooke, start her fashion line. And... Brooke has to, you know, um, Brooke's very excited about it. But Peyton says, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I just have to tell Lucas about it. Oh, yeah. 
Yep. Then Principal Turner, the harbinger of doom, as oh. I like to, and pulls Haley out of class to tell her that the school board has many concerns about her giving the valedictorian speech at graduation, given recent events with Nathan. So she's yeah. not giving it now, and Haley is, of course, very upset. Yeah, she should be. Yes. Yeah. Fuck off, Principal Turner. Thank you. Hate I him. Said Hate it. him so I, much. Yep. Is, is he gone now that they're out of going to be out of high school? Interesting. That is not a question we can currently answer at this current time. Nope. Then uh, Lucas goes to the police station and asks to speak to a detective to report a murder. And after Gavin DeGraw makes us very happy with his wonderful music for the opening credits, (laughs) we go back to there and the asshole detective is trying to understand why Lucas is accusing his father of a murder with no proof. Just then, Dan comes in and spins about how, you know, this girl, Abby's very unhinged, and she's not even around anymore. And, you know, the fact that since Dan started dating Lucas's mother, this could just be horrible retaliation against that. And the cop sides with Dan and tells Lucas that he should apologize to Dan for what he's done. It's like, yeah, let's invite the guy who's being accused of murder to the initial interview Uh about the murder. Uh That is super lawful. Definitely exactly protocol. Very excited about this guy being on the police force. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I miss the guy who said um, to Dan, I can't hold him without charges. And Dan was like, can I fire you? And he said, no, you can't. I miss that detective. Where the hell did he go? I bet Dan found a way to fire. (laughs) God damn it, Dan. (laughs) Dan ruins everything. He really does. But uh, Lucas just stands upstairs at Dan and leaves. And Dan just says, oh, he's a troubled boy. Fuck off, Dan. Because his Dan, father's a fucking murderer. Yep. You'd be troubled too, Danny. <laughs> right? God. Uh, then Nathan walks in on Deb, who's cleaning her gun. And he's like, Mom, have you lost your mind? And she's like, well, there may be evidence that that's the case. But I don't know. When did Deb Scott become full camp is what I want to know. <laughs> like This very moment. This and moment. I am here for it. Yes. Aiming her handgun at the decorative ducks on the mantelpiece. <laughs> yeah, well, just, why not? Why not? Why She's not? cleaning it. She's cleaning it. Cleaning, it's not loaded. It's fine. Cleaning her gun in the most sexual way possible. Just like casually, just like, <laughs> meh, 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 you know, like, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's great. It's great. Uh, <laughs> and Nathan's not super happy that she has the gun in the house. And even the fact that she invited Haley to go to the shooting range with her. And but Deb reassures him. She's like, oh, honey, it's fine. No, no, no. Once the baby comes, my gun will be securely locked up at my locker at the gun range. And he's like, you have a locker at the gun range? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yes, because she's a responsible gun owner. Exactly. Now. She is exactly. now. Now. Well, well, she will be because the gun is still in the house in a cookie jar, we find out. So not so responsible yet, but planned on being one once a baby came around. Great. Great. Then uh, Chase goes to talk to Brooke and they make some little flirty banter out of each other's yearbook goals. Mr. Gold medal at the X Games. 
And they make eyes at each other for a while until Brooke asks him why he quit clean teens. And he admits to her that he was hiding behind clean teens because because he thought girls wouldn't be interested in a clean teen. However, that plan royally backfired when he met Brooke, so he kind of figured, what's the point of being a clean teen anymore? And Brooke apologizes and tells him that she's been thinking about him a lot lately, and he reciprocates that and says he's also been thinking about her and offers to write in her yearbook. And they make a plan to trade yearbooks and calculus tomorrow because Bevan has Brooke's yearbook right now, and she has Bevan's, but they're going to trade in calculus tomorrow. And he's going to tell her, you know, how he feels in that yearbook. And he leaves and Brooke is very smiley and very happy. It's very, it's very cute. cute. Very, cute. very cute. Yeah, I know. He He's also like, I'm not in clean, clean teens because I'm afraid of sex. I think I'd actually like sex. And she's like, yeah, you would. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, God, they're adorable. Then Mouth gets his yearbook and he finds that on the Ravens Hoops page that Jimmy has been cropped out of the photo. And he goes to the yearbook room uh, to find one of the yearbook staff and finds Gigi there because apparently Gigi, the junior, works on the yearbook. And he asks about Jimmy being cropped out or no. First, he comes in and he says, "Um, I need to talk to you about the yearbook. She's like, oh, I'm sorry about that that thing and he's like what well, i don't know what you're talking about but no the jimmy being cropped out of this photo and she says he wasn't originally cropped out but they were told to crop him out of the yearbook then nathan um asks Haley about her valedictorian speech as she's measuring herself like she's the size of i don't know what three beach balls now at this point i swear to god they just keep adding more padding onto that poor girl's stomach every episode to be like yes she's very pregnant yes she gets a new baby in there every week. Just right. yeah. She's having quadruplets at this point. They're She's... working on a whole basketball team. Yes. They are oh, Haley like... and Nate plus eight. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was very I good. You're welcome. I had to think how I was gonna make it work, and then I remembered Nate is short for Nathan, and I'm very proud of myself. Good. I was gonna be pedantic about how she's not even measuring herself right if she's trying to make something, but Haley it doesn't matter. Haley and Nate plus eight. Yep. Haley and Nate plus eight. It's fine. Uh yeah. So um she lies to him and says that um she can't do her speech because of the whole Rachel thing and everything, but Nathan sees right through it. And he's upset about the fact that she's being punished for his actions. And Haley says it's fine that they can, you know, they can take her speech away, but they can't take everything else that she's accomplished in the last four years. Great. Great attitude, Hales. Then Dan goes to see Karen and he tells her that um, he's very worried about Lucas. And he says that Lucas may need professional help to get through this this whole thing of them now being together. When did they decide to be together? Like, that's what I don't fucking understand. One kiss in your son's bedroom does not a relationship make. No, Dan. Also, the one time in this whole series that someone suggests that someone should go to therapy at the appropriate time that someone should probably go to therapy and it's used as a punishment Uh slash a weapon. Yep. Yeah, I did not love that. No, 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 no. Sorry, folks. Therapy's not a, a weapon. It is a tool. Right. <laughs> like, 
Very yeah. important tool for how much trauma the teenagers in this town have been going through. Right? Like, it would have been a thing had it been like, let's send him away to a nice little padded cell vacation. Like, right. that would have been bad. Well, therapy, yeah. No. Or like, he's graduating high school. I will pay for him to go to college somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, to yeah. like... Get him yeah, out of the way. Get him yeah. out of the way. Yep. No. Uh, yeah. Then Brooke um, asks Peyton about her signing Chase's yearbook. And it's a really funny thing about, you know, because Pisar, you're brutally honest. And Peyton's like, do you remember the last time I was brutally honest with you? Are we sure we want to do that again, Brooke? <laughs> uh... And... Um, Brooke's like, well, yes, because, um, she is signing Chase's yearbook tomorrow and she has two different versions of what she wants to write. One that tells him how she feels and the other one about how cool skateboarding is. And, um, Peyton asks Brooke if she really wants Chase back and Brooke says she does. And cause she knows that he's going to tell her how he feels in the yearbook. And then there's another joke about, oh, okay, well, you know, Chase is very, very cute. And Brooke's like too soon, P. Sawyer, too soon. Too soon. I like that the two sides of that coin are I love you, you mean so much to me, and skateboarding, skateboarding is cool. Is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yep, yep, there's how that goes. Well, when you're in high school, there's no in between. Because this is that's true. how the teenage emotions, like, that's the range. Right. Yep. <laughs> is it yep. either I love you, we're getting married, or hey, skateboards are cool. Especially at this high school. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. So then Karen comes to talk to Lucas and tells him um, that Keith is gone and he's not coming back and she needs to move on with her life, whether that's with Dan or not. And she asks him to let her in and Lucas says she won't believe him. And he tells her about Abby and what she saw, but she's gone now and he can't prove any of it anymore. And Karen tells him that maybe he needs to talk to a professional, but Lucas refuses to believe that he's crazy. But Karen says that her and Dan both think he needs to. And she asks him to go to therapy again as Lucas starts to cry at the thought of her being manipulated by Dan is what I got out of it. Because she hugs him and the boy just starts like crying because she says, we think you need to go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's the youngest he has looked in this whole series. Yep. He 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 looks like a high school kid when he's crying and, the, oh, and yeah. only when he's crying. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah. So then Mouth goes to see Principal Turner and asks him about the fact that Jimmy Edwards is not in the yearbook. And Turner says that the yearbook is supposed to be a happy memory for people and he doesn't want people to look back 20 years from now and remember that day. And Mouth says Jimmy shouldn't be forgotten that way. But Turner says, "Oh, he'll never be forgotten." But he says it in not a good way. So fuck Principal Turner. Fuck Principal Turner. Yes. Then uh, Brooke asks Peyton in class the next day if she's told Lucas about the internship yet. And Peyton says she hasn't because she hasn't been able to reach him. Because then we realize we realize that Lucas has not been in school for like the past two or three days after finals. Great. Yeah. And Brooke tells her, well, she should get used to it because being Lucas Scott's girlfriend can be quite lonely. Ouch. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Which he does own up to later. Oh, he I'm does. Like, yeah. Totally does. So, okay. yeah. 
Um, then Peyton immediately changes the subject to Chase and asks if Brooks figured out which yearbook entry she wants to write. And Brooke tells her she's going to tell him how she feels. And just then Chase comes up and they swap yearbooks and Brooke begins to write very giddily in his yearbook. It's adorable. It's adorable. Then Gigi finds mouth and gives him Jimmy's yearbook. Um, His mom ordered it at the beginning of the year last fall and they were going to mail it to her, but she figured mouth would want to give it to her. And um, he doesn't know what she'll want with the yearbook that he's not in. But then Gigi has an idea and says, do you have a free period? And he's like, Gigi, I'm a senior. I have like a free week. And she's like, cool. And drags him off somewhere. Okay. So when I was in high school, we literally did have a free week senior year. We finished finals and then we did not have to go to school the last week. Oh, hell no. They made us go. We could. We could. We went and we cleaned our lockers out. We went and we would hang out in the like middle area is what we called it between the band and the vocal room. But like we did not have classes. We the week before commencement. I'm trying to think how we did it because we had finals and then we had like a week or 10 days where we had literally nothing going on. And we just but we were still required to go to school and it was still earlier than the rest of the rest of the high school because our graduation was then like Sunday. Then school still had like another they had like another 10 days worth of classes, but we ended early. But we still like I remember there were many days where it was like. Yeah, I don't know where we're actually supposed to be, but we're just going to go somewhere else. But we were required to check in with our teacher every single beginning of the period and be like, hi, we're here, but um, we're going to go over there. And they're like, cool. So literally, I'm pretty sure we ended up I hung out in the English teacher's room for like all day because she was also the theater teacher. And yeah, that's, that's basically all we did. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> yes, it, it, totally. it was yeah. that or the it was that or the music room. Literally, were the yeah, two places so- I was at. At my high school, which was in North Carolina for reference, um, in the county that I went to school, it the way that it worked for us was unless it was a a state exam, so like an or it was, so it was called an EOC, so like an end of course exam, like the state, like the state written, like you got to bubble it in, use a number two pencil, shit, like mm-hmm. unless it was a state exam, if you had a good enough grade in the class you didn't have to take the final exam at all really Mm. yeah so like we didn't have to go to school like Hmm. so this this concept of them having like a free week is pretty on par with how high school worked in north carolina wow at least where i at least where i went to high school um them being on campus, like there were, there were like events like this, the yearbook day thing is we had something very similar. where like one of the last days of school before exams was basically senior awards day. And mm-hmm. so like we did like the senior awards and then there was the senior picnic out on the football field. And it was the same day that everyone got their yearbooks so the senior picnic was basically this concept of passing the yearbooks around that's happening right now. Um, but then yeah. like finals would start like the following Monday. And as long as you didn't have an EOC or a low grade in the class, like you could just you, like you didn't have to take the final. Yeah, nice. like, <laughs> yeah, we, we had senior awards day during that week. And then we also had a commencement rehearsal. 
uh, during that week, but we didn't have classes. Abs yeah, it was. Yeah. So I, I'm like, why are they even there? Why do they have to go to class? You know, like I would also not necessarily be in that school that week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then um, Chase gives Brooke her yearbook back and she immediately opens it up. And her giddy smile turns into panic and dread as she reads what he wrote in her yearbook. <laughs> yeah. We, we, don't, of, we, we don't see what it is yet. It's true. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> then Whitey finds Nathan at the river court and tells him Duke has officially rescinded their scholarship offer to him. And Nathan says, well, I guess it's over then. And Whitey disagrees with him. He tells him, he needs to fight back and tells him to find the fire that was in the best player he's ever coached. And he tells him that people love a guy who rises from the ashes. Unless it's Dan Scott. Well, I don't know. At this point, this town, every time Dan starts to fall, his approval ratings go up. So Right. I, I understand that was just fact like a joke because Dan was on fire once and he and he came back <laughs> and, and he was on fire once. I forgot. Mm -hmm. about that. He was on fire once. Um yes. I can't remember when the song started, but they started playing one of my very favorite Ingrid Michaelson songs, and they played the entirety of the song, and I was very happy. I'm pretty sure it was it was during uh, the when Chase and Brooke first exchanged their yearbooks because yep. it's adorable. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, the um, way I, I am also, by Ingrid Michaelson. Yes, yeah. yes. They also play "Burgundy Shoes" by Patty Griffin, and I remember loving that record when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very weird indie little record that Kelly Clarkson loved. And so she did like a cover out it on American Idol once. And then I fell in love with it because that was the only access I had to it. Um, but I, I heard it today and I was like, oh, I forgot how much I love that record. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Lucas is at Dan's house when Dan comes in and Dan asks him why he painted the wall red. Or Lucas asks Dan why he painted the wall red. And he tells him that Abby sent him messages and stalked him, didn't she? And Lucas tells him that he knows what he did, but he can't prove it. So he's going to just make sure that he stays away from his mom. And Dan says, that's all right, because, you know, Lucas, you're going to go off to college soon. And then I'll stay here to take care of Karen and the baby. Uh, no. I don't think we've actually officially said it at all today, this episode, but fuck Dan Scott. Amen. Yes. Anyway, then Nathan starts making phone calls to other schools in Whitey's empty office, and none of the schools want him at all. And Haley walks in, and Nathan gives up and tells her how upset he is with himself for ruining everything, including her valedictorian speech. And she tells him they're going to get through it. It's going to be fine because they have each other. Great. So then we go to Gigi and Mouth, who are printing something in the yearbook room, and they both admit that they miss each other, but understand why they broke up. And Gigi then asks if she can sign Mouth's yearbook, and he says, I was hoping you'd ask. Aww. Aww. They're so cute. <laughs> then Brooke panically, I don't know if that's a word, but she panics and shows Peyton chases message to her in her yearbook and it's very bland about being friends and good luck in the future to which Peyton just goes ouch <laughs> yikes yeah Brooke is upset because she says I just poured my heart at him and he does this I can't show my face at school ever again and Peyton makes a joke about the fact well it's a good thing that high school's almost over then B Davis 
Good thing I mean, you have two days left. Right? She's not wrong. I just, I will say this. I love the fact that they're back, like being besties and bantering yeah. again, because God, I've missed that from this show. Honestly, it's so good. Then Gigi gives Mouth his yearbook back and says her goodbye to him as she figures they might not see each other before graduation. They hug and math, Mouth asks Math. Wow. Mouth asks her what she mentioned before about him being upset with her for what's in the yearbook. And she says, turn to page 23. And he opens that page to find a picture of them together and a message saying, Mouth, here's to someday. Love, Gigi. Cute. So cute. So sweet. I no. do believe that this episode also holds the record for the least amount of horny sentences that came out of Gigi's mouth in the history of her character. Yes, they were all very sincere and very cute, not very like horny at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not like, hi, basketball player, please take your shirt off. Uh, yep. Yep. She's growing up. Amazing. Yes. yes. Then Lucas actually makes it to school and Haley is the first to see him and gives him a very hard time about skipping the last couple of days and gives him his yearbook to which she told him that she picked it up for him because she wanted to be the first to write in it. And she wrote on an entire page and she sees that as her right as his best friend. And he says, absolutely. And they talk about how high school is almost over and how on their first day of freshman year, Haley made Lucas be her fake boyfriend. So the boys would leave her alone on her first day. <laughs> and then Lucas asks if she thought they would end up like this. And Haley gives the best line of the episode saying, what me married, pregnant, living with a recovering junkie who's packing heat. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and Lucas is intrigued and she's like, yeah, she explained to Lucas that Deb is now keeping her gun at the house in a cookie jar to which then Lucas makes the very bad decision of going into Deb's house and stealing the gun out of said cookie jar. Mm, how very Dan of you, Lucas, you need God to damn it, Lucas. <laughs> Those jeans are hard to fight. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. really yeah. struggling right now. Boy, I, then that's the thing. I think we, we can see that Lucas is definitely struggling period. Yes. Like, boy, oh, boy's yeah. not been having a good time at all. Yeah. Then Haley goes to see Whitey at his house, and Whitey makes the joke about how he gets more house calls than he does office visits when he was working. <laughs> and she asks him to help Nathan as everyone else has turned their back on him, and she knows that Whitey never has. And she reminds him about the person Nathan is and what Nathan means to Whitey, and Whitey says he'll think about it. He also says that he should start charging for his services. And I'm like, yes, yep. I would yep. pay for that. Yep. Yes. Yep. And they almost get a business name out of him. And he goes, ah, I'll think of something later. It's fine. <laughs> Which partially makes me wonder if that entire thing wasn't ad-libbed. And I'm kind of here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, then Brooke tries to avoid Chase and somehow finds herself ducking into a freshman classroom. And to avoid her embarrassment of ducking into a classroom that's full of kids, it's a bunch of freshmen, and she makes some weird, stupid speech about being their student council president. And, you know, good luck with the next three years and leaves. <laughs> Way to go, B. Davis. Way to go. I mean, yeah, it was a good cover. It was a, very it was a great cover. cover. Great cover. Then Lucas finds Peyton at the courtyard and immediately kisses her. And Peyton gives him a hard time about poofing for the last two days since Honeygrove. She's like, what? I give it up to you in Honeygrove, and then I don't see you for a few days? And he's like, I'm really sorry. Sorry. As he should 
Yes. <laughs> but also giving it up to someone in Honey Grove is like they could not have found a better named town for right? Lucas and Peyton to have sex for the first time. Giving it up to somebody in Honeygrove is right up there with uh, themselves. Exactly. I would argue that probably 70% of the reason why that school got chosen is probably because it was named Honeygrove. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't because imagine. That is just yeah. as cutesy as Tree Hill. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he apologizes to her and she tells him that she needs him this weekend because she has some decisions to make. And she tells him about her internship and that she applied for it before they even started dating. And he immediately says it is a great opportunity. And she tells him it's in L.A. and he says that she should take it. And he says he'll be here when she gets back. She is destined for greatness. And this is her first step towards that greatness. And then he tells her that no matter what happens with either one of them, she will always be in his heart and he will always love her. Bad omen, ominous. Uh. <laughs> you mean an un, a, a completely de- declarative love statement is, is a bad omen in this show? What are you talking about, Jesse? Especially one that starts with no matter what happens. Well, you know. <laughs> Haley and Nathan being like, I love you so much. I love you so much, baby. Oh my God, we're having a baby, baby. You know, like that is fine now. But Lucas going, no matter what happens, I will always love you. It's like, what are you doing? What are you going to do, Lucas? What's happening? Like, not good. Not not my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then, um, they uh, we, we then see Mouth in the courtyard um, announce that he has Jimmy Edwards yearbook and he knows people know who he is, but they he knows there were also people who knew him before that day. And he asks them to sign his yearbook for him. And Lucas comes up to him and Mouth says, Lucas, I know how you feel about Jimmy, but it's the right thing to do. And Lucas is like, give me a pen. And Lucas starts writing in Jimmy's yearbook, and there is a line of people to sign Jimmy's yearbook. And, and, and Lucas, I cried. I oh, cr- this, oh, I th- this started it, but I, I'll tell you what finished it. It happens yep. later. I, um, I know what finished it because uh-huh. also that, yes, uh-huh. very that. <laughs> um, but he tells Mouth that he's a really, really good friend for this. Then Nathan goes to see Principal Turner. And tells him that it is not fair to Haley to be punished for something that Nathan did. And he asks Turner if he has a wife, which Turner says yes. And he says, would you want her to pay for your mistakes? And he says, Haley's worked for four years to give this speech and she deserves it. The most surprising thing that's ever happened in this TV series is that Principal Turner found a woman that would actually marry him. There it Uh, is. (laughs) Yep. uh, (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck that man. I hate that man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So then Dan goes over to Karen's house and he is immediately invited in. And as he goes in, Lucas pulls up in his car and gets the gun and loads it in the car. Unhinged. Unhinged. Uh, unhinged. His, his daddy was unhinged last week. He's unhinged this week. This Mental is why he break. said no matter what to Peyton because he knows he's about to go to jail for murder. Because he knows uh-huh. he just stole a fucking gun out of a cookie jar and he's about to make bad choices. <laughs> ah, Unhinged. Unhinged. Mental. Which is usually a bad choice is made when you steal things from a cookie jar, whether it being a cookie or a handgun. No, 
the spectrum of good and bad things to steal from a cookie jar <laughs> on the good <laughs> side of that spectrum is a cookie. Yeah. Steal the steal that cookie. Bad things are guns, full on <laughs> handguns. Bad right? decision. <laughs> There we go. So then Nathan gets home and Haley is, you know, a little down and she's like, let's just go out and pig out on some really bad food for us and have a really nice, you know, pig out dinner. And Nathan's like, okay, we could, but I don't think we can tonight because you're going to be busy. And he hands her the graduation program that was printed and it lists Haley's graduate or Haley's valedictorian speech. Turner changed his mind and Haley is elated. And it's so cute because Nathan's like, I'll pick up all the junk food that you want. And she's like, no, 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 no. I have to write the speech and I have to do the speech and I'm pregnant and I need healthy food. Healthy food. Thank you. Bye. Kiss, 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 Bye. I love it. They're so cute. Oh, Nathan. So cute. God, in this town full of shitty husbands, there's Nathan Scott, a teenager, just winning all the awards for best husband. Yes. Yes. Then Brooke finds Peyton looking over her internship letter again, and Peyton is worried about Lucas um, because she knows that he's been off the last few days and she doesn't know if she can leave him. And Brooke reminds her that Lucas usually makes the right decision, which Peyton promptly then throws back. He didn't take his heart medication not too long ago here, Brooke. (laughs) I'm concerned. Uh, As she should be. Then there's a knock at their door and Brooke opens it up to find Chase there. And he tells her that he wanted to write the things she did in his yearbook in hers. But Brooke says it's too late for that and, and it's totally fine. And he tells her that he was going to tell her exactly how he feels, but he wasn't sure he wanted to put his heart out there again. And he then says everything she wrote to him, he feels exactly the same, but he didn't know how to put it into words for her. And Brooke tells him, he just did. And they smoochy smooch. Smoochies. They're so cute. <sighs> yep. 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 Love me some Brooke and Chase. Then we get uh, the montage moment for the episode, which starts with Haley working on her speech and Nathan seeing his yearbook goal of being a Duke Blue Devil. Wah wah. Yep. Whitey making some phone calls late night to some athletic directors. Hmm. Mouth gives Jimmy's mom Jimmy's yearbook, and she opens it up to being full of messages, and they both smile through their tears, and she opens it up. There's a special in-memoriam page for Jimmy that obviously that's what Mouth and Gigi were working on together. And they both are smiling and they have tears in their eyes and they hug. And I lost it completely. Oh, oh. Sobbing. Oh, tears. Just God. I was very mad <laughs> that a very stupid thing is happening on the show and they still made me cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so good. Oh, it was so good. So good. And again, it's, it's another thing of I love the actress that plays Jimmy's mom. She's so good Mm -hmm. in the little stuff that she did on that show. She had such an impact in the few scenes that she was in this show. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Then drama Queens gets to talk to her at some point. I would love that because I listened to the episode that they did with Colin Mm -hmm. about three sixteen, and hearing him talk about preparing for that in the short amount of time that he had, like the work that he had to do Mm -hmm. in such a short amount of time, like 
I imagine it was the same for her. Yeah, because mm-hmm. fun fact, I just, Jesse. I just want to hear her talk about it. He had no heads up that that's the trajectory they were going with. They knew well, they wanted him around, and then the next thing they knew, it was like he hadn't even gotten the script yet, and everyone was like, "Can you believe what's going to happen?" And he's like, "What?" And then he got the script and went, "Oh." Because he was not in the show for like a season and a half. Two. They seasons. brought him back, but they didn't tell him what he was coming back for. That's bullshit. That's awful. That's that's the I hate of that, that show. Yeah. I understand. But anyway, yes. No, but that was yeah, it was a great, great interview. Anyway, moving on. Um, then Peyton looks through your book and finds Lucas's yearbook message to her, telling her no matter what happens, he loves her. Bad. <laughs> Bad. Oh uh, yeah. Then we go to Dan and Karen who are eating dinner at Karen's house, and Karen is worried. It's a very depressing dinner. Like, I don't know how these two actually like each other because they look fucking miserable. Um, She says something doesn't feel right with Lucas. And Dan says, you know, Lucas isn't acting right. And he's acting crazy. And Karen immediately says, my son isn't crazy. Get my son's mouth out your fucking mouth. (laughs) My son's name out your fucking mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Then Dan gets a text from Abby saying that she is going to the police and he immediately gets up, excuses himself and says he has to go take care of a little something to find Lucas waiting for him in the hallway in front of the front door. And he immediately points the gun at Dan and Lucas says he pretended to be Abby, you know, that little thing that Dan needed to take care of. And Dan says that uh, Lucas is delusional and Karen begins to panic and Um, as Lucas is pointing the gun at Dan's head, ready to shoot him, Karen, um, leans over in pain and collapses on the floor. Dan tries to help her, but Lucas tells him not to touch her. If you touch her, I will shoot you. And Dan says she could be having a miscarriage and immediately then crouches down to tend to Karen and Lucas pulls the trigger and the episode ends. Yep. That's what happened. Uh Uh-huh. That is what happens. So... What did we think, friends? I have I, nothing to say other than Lucas is unhinged. Yep. Yes. Like, the boy is unhinged. <laughs> the boy is unhinged. Chase and Brooke are adorable. Um, Peyton's great. Nathan and Haley are always adorable. Fuck Principal Turner. Mouth and Gigi, yay. Um, Jimmy's mom, yay. yay. Lucas, very unhinged. Fuck Dan Scott. I... I did like this episode, though. I did, too. I did, too. I liked it a lot more than I did last week's episode, but it still has some of that, like, unhinged manic energy, but less. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting few weeks going. It's going to be, yeah. Because we have three episodes left. Yep. Yep. Yes. I know. Uh, today, since I only had one episode to watch, I started going back through some of my notes from the season, trying to refresh the old memory for our recap episode, which, uh, oh, this fucking season. This season, there's a lot. Like, what? I was thinking about it, too. I'm like, there is so much that happened this episode. Like, do we forget about the fact that the beginning of this season was Ghost Keith and Nathan seeing Ghost Keith in the water? Ghost Keith plays such an important role this season. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Yes. (sighs) Yeah. And plus, at this point, we didn't know if 
the show was going to get renewed yet or not. So we were all like, is this the season finale? Is this the series finale? They're graduating high school. What's going to happen? Everything right. else. And yeah, so it was a lot. But yeah. Um, anything else we want to add about this wonderfully manic, fun filled episode? I have a nope. prediction that uh, just a short little baby one that I don't need you to react to. You can say interesting, but I do think it was a warning shot. I do not think that Lucas, he is a sensitive boy. He is a brooding writer. I think it was a warning shot. I do not think he actually shot Dan, no matter how much he wanted to. I mean, to be fair, I don't think Lucas has ever held a gun in his life. And if you've never held or shot a gun before, your chances of aiming correctly are mm-hmm. not great anyway. Well, no. right. Yeah. So even if it wasn't a warning shot, I mm-hmm. I think it is accurate to assume that he missed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. I'm just very excited to see what happens next. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else we want to add? Too. I forgot. I, I, I honestly, like I forgot half it. Right. But I forgot how we get there in the next three episodes. <laughs> yep. Same. Same. Like I remember bits and pieces. I don't remember the roadmap to get there whatsoever. So I'm excited, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, One- not going to lie. I texted you guys earlier today to make sure we were supposed to be watching 18 and 19. Cause I watched them three weeks ago before we rescheduled. And I was a little bummed when Brody was like, yep, 18 and 19, because I wanted to watch 20. So, (laughs) yep, yep. Anything else we want to add before we wrap this up, guys? No, cut, print. I'm good. Perfect. Well, in that case, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us out in the long run with all those wonderful algorithms that all those podcast networks have. And follow us on social media if you want to interact with us. We are everywhere at On Wednesdays Pod. If you want to um, chat with us, have a question, comment, concern, uh, hit us up in the Instagram DMs. That's where we most like to live. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week for another fabulous, fun-filled episode of On Wednesdays, We Watch One Tree Hill. We'll see you guys then. Bye! Bye! Bye-bye! What, me? Married, pregnant, living with a recovering junkie who's packing heat? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs)